You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Liam Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan, and it's officially the morning after the first night of the NHL playoffs. And I have to say, every single team that I picked to win, to lose, their series one game one last night so same. not off to a good start same here and and you know what they didn't just lose these aren't three two double yeah, overtime tilts what? these are getting their ass kicked i mean five one five nothing four nothing like these are oh boy and I, I, we won't get into all the playoff stuff but it's game one it's one game so there's time to recover but it's an interesting trend to see how uh, some of these teams are going to have to battle back and bounce back. So yeah, tune in tonight for the next four. Carolina doesn't surprise me. Toronto doesn't surprise me. You know, we talked about all this in our preview. Like, it's not going to be a shock if the other team wins. He almost beat, like I, like I said, my head was telling me, all my analysis was telling me to pick the Leafs in this series. I didn't expect St. Louis to kick Minnesota's ass the way they dominate. did. Just and dominated I, them. Now, you know, I was saying this earlier. I like the Blues for a lot of reasons. I just didn't like what I was seeing from them down the stretch. But good God, they they shut down Kaprizov. And you saw Rick Tocca tweeting about that this morning. Uh, what a good strategy it was. They basically just shadowed him wherever the hell he was in the neutral zone. And they're going to have to adjust to that. But I've always had this feeling about the Minnesota Wild that, yeah, I'm just not on board with this team. I've never really believed that the Minnesota Wild – we're capable of making a deep run. And that was in the back of my mind, even yesterday when I was pausing, you know, thinking about taking St. Louis, even though all the analysis says, take the wild. I don't know what it is about the Minnesota wild, but man, that was, I had Craig, I had two brackets. The first bracket I went with my head. I picked St. Louis to win because that's analytically you say how they've competed against Minnesota over time. So I picked them to put that away. It's on, internet so it exists then i go on the drive in to work yesterday i, I convinced myself to change my mind and, and i the minnesota wild they, oh they got this toughness at the trade deadline they got mark andre flurry they're gonna be oh boy and the other thing lastly on that series is we all three in the studio thought they were going to start um camp talbot i i'm i am mildly I'm surprised that they went with mark andre flurry in game one not that that would have made a difference they couldn't score but and who yeah. was lights out so we'll see what happens game two yeah 
Yeah, it's shocking. And I'm curious to see how we all stack up after round one. There's um, a ton of people in our PHNX Coyotes <sighs> bracket challenge. So may the best bracket win so far. I don't know. I don't feel so great. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, while we're predicting things and being wrong about it let's do the same thing but this time <laughs> yeah <laughs> listen although, to us, these hockey although i will say craig actually has some expertise here and craig's thoughts on this actually do matter so i don't want to dismiss it fully but we are going to look at the nhl award categories and give our picks for who we think um, should or is going to win these NHL awards. And Craig actually votes on this. So he is part of the masses that contribute to this vote. So like I said, Craig's vote matters. PD and I just take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, clearly ours don't matter, Leah, because we really suck at this. <laughs> just, just saying. Someone on Twitter said, because I tweeted how I got it all wrong last night, and someone said it's like um, PD predicting the goal starting know, goalie for that. the Coyotes. Everybody has so much faith in me. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just start with the big one, um, the Hart Trophy, the league MVP, and who wants to take it away for who they think should win this award and why? Craig well, is I think yeah, I think this one's going to be easy. I think this is going to be an American. I think Austin Matthews from the Scottsdale area is going to be the favorite for the Hart Memorial Trophy. And I don't know how, how he's not the first American to get 60 goals in a season. Um, he is going to be the guy. I, I know Jonathan Huberdeau had a great season, and so did Connor McDavid putting up the points that he puts up on a consistent basis. But this is Austin Matthews' award. Yeah, it has felt like that really since mid-season. Um, we had a, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, we and anyone who votes, because broadcasters vote as well in some of these awards, we had to turn in our ballots on Monday before the playoffs started. So those are all officially in. All the ballots are in. So there's no changing minds at this point. But look, yeah, I, I mean, if, if you went purely on stats, again, Connor McDavid ran away with the scoring race with 123 points and... Austin Matthews was a distant sixth at 106, but I, you can't base it all on that. He had 60 goals, first of all, <laughs> he had 60 damn goals and scoring goals is harder than getting assists. Um, and Toronto just took a, I thought another quantum leap forward in their play this season. He's the best player on, on one of the best teams in the league. I, I think it's his to win, but in terms of who else is in the conversation, it's interesting, and I don't think this is going to play out this way with the voters because nobody can avoid just voting for Connor McDavid out of habit. I didn't have him in my top three. I had him number four on my ballot. I had Igor Shesterkin of the New York Rangers second on my ballot. I, I guess I can't say all of this, so I should probably just say I have him second because we're not supposed to reveal our, our ballots yet. But Igor Shesterkin, I think if he played a few more games – really would have had a strong argument as MVP because the kind of season he had was historical. And when you look at the goalies who have won it, this was like the, the season that Carey Price had when he won the uh, Hart Trophy. Shesterkin just didn't play enough games, but it's tough to use that measure these days because I think the days are gone when you have goalies playing 60, 65 games. Uh, sports science has taught us so much about recovery and and load management and all that for goalies that 
that coaches just aren't going to do that to a goaltender anymore. So it almost becomes more difficult for a goalie to win the MVP award. I'm not sure that's entirely fair because if you play 53 games as a goalie, you're still on the ice for the entire game. No skater can say that. So in terms of minutes played and impact on the game, I don't, I don't think you can make any kind of reasonable argument that a player other than a goaltender has the most impact on a hockey game. So it's a tough one there for me. I thought Igor deserved a lot of attention. I, I also think guys like Johnny Goudreau and, and you mentioned Jonathan Huberdeau, they belong in the conversation as well. I'm not sure Huberdeau is enough, a complete enough player to warrant consideration for MVP, though. He's, he's not a very good defensive player. Yeah, this won't come as a surprise, but I also had Matthews written down for this. And like you said, 60 goals in 73 games, including a stretch of 51 goals in 50 games. I mean, that's just an unbelievable accomplishment. And when you're thinking about what the award is, which is the most valuable player on that team, that was Austin Matthews. And yes, McDavid had more points. But I think in terms of the team as a whole, for me, that's person is Austin Matthews but I also wrote down just in my I put like honorable mentions or top other people and I just I can't ignore Huberto season and I you know as someone who is part of a market that doesn't get a lot of coverage I want you know just Huberto Huberto plays in Florida so sometimes I feel like teams like that don't get the coverage that they should so special mention to Huberto for his amazing season as well. Should we move on to the Vesna? Sure. Yeah, this one will be quick. This one is, yeah, easy. Um, and I'll just start then. Igor Shosturkin um, from the Rangers led goals against average with 2.07, first in save percentage with 0.925, third in shutouts with six. For I mean, is he going to be the runaway winner with this? Like, is there anybody who's not going to have him first? I, I mean, there. You look at the two other guys that that I think close statistically, both in second and third in goals against, and third and fourth in save percentage, were Frederick Anderson and, and Jacob Markstrom are, are the next on the list, but it's not close. Like I, I guess Frederick Anderson's going to be, you know, he's the Jennings Trophy winner along with Antti Ranta, so maybe that he'll maybe somebody will put him um, higher on the ballot, but I, I just don't see it. No, no goalie has been more valuable for all the things Craig just said a moment ago. No goalie has been more valuable, but valuable to his team than Igor Shesterkin. And um, yep. I guess w- with his playoff performance, we'll see how that starts tonight, but he's, I think he's the runaway winner. There are some advanced stats to look at here. And one of the biggest ones, one of the, probably the best, statistic for measuring goaltender success and and mind you goalie stats suck save percentage and goals against average are team stats they're not goalie stats um, I think the best one out there is goal saved above average Igor Shesterkin 44.85 goals saved above average the next closest goaltender Ilya Sorokin with the Islanders at 29.8 that's a huge gap it's a just an astronomical gap. Then you have guys like Jacob Markstrom, like you mentioned. Darcy Kemper is actually fourth in this category, and I, I actually think Darcy Kemper deserves consideration for this as well. And then the other names you mentioned, UC Saros, Frederick Anderson. It's interesting. Uh, when you look at the, the stats this year, Andre Vasilevsky, who's still one of the best goalies in the league, I don't even think he belongs in the top five this season with the, the, the kind of year that he had. But, Man, Shesterkin, just by every measure that you look at, he just lapped the field this year. It is crazy, the numbers that he put up. It's unbelievable. And lucky for me, because he was my fantasy hockey goalie this year. 
which was a good really? year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good. Which, by yeah. the way, by the way, as we've been going through this, Austin Matthews was on my team, and so was Shesterkin. So wow, and well, let's let's to spoil the lead here. You didn't win though. Yeah, but that was from my own. That was, that was just that was a mismanagement. It was yeah. not my team. <laughs> Wasn't the have roster's won. fault? It was mismanagement. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. I did not win GM of the year in my fantasy hockey. League. <laughs> um. All right, let's move on to the Norris, which is already something we've been debating on this show in the last month. Um, best defenseman. I'm gonna let someone else start because I'm really curious where you guys land on this. Yeah, I. I uh... It's a two two player race, in my opinion, and it's interesting because earlier in the season, I, I actually got the sense that Victor Hedman was leading this this balloting, but he fell to probably a distant third. I think he'll still be a finalist, but I think he's going to finish third. This was between Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi, and there are all sorts of arguments. When you look at, at like quality of competition, um, it probably favors McCarr a bit over Yossi in, in situations played. Um, but then there's the production. Roman Yossi had 10 more points than Kale McCarr. He damn near had 100 points this season, which hasn't been done in a really damn long time. He had 96 points. And if you want to find a reason why the Nashville Predators are in the playoffs, UC Saros is a good reason. Roman Yossi is the biggest reason. I thought he was the best defenseman in the NHL this season. And when you look at defensive pairings, Kale McCarr plays with Devin Taves, who might finish in the top five for Norris Trophy voting himself. Roman Yossi, yeah, uh, okay, which guy are we going to throw with him on the, the pair of this? It's not the days of old when, you know, when they had that great defensive, you know, top four. They don't have it anymore. Roman Yossi had a wondrous season. I don't think he's going to win it. I still think people just decided like three months ago that Kale McCarr was winning this award and he's going to win it. But I, I think Roman Yossi should win it. I'm going to agree with you, Craig. I have Roman Yossi at the top of my imaginary ballot as well. And you're talking about defensemen that play over 25 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. This isn't just, he's not just getting the offensive zone starts and the power play time. He's not, he's playing the the difference between Yossi and McCarr for me. If I, if I need a goal right now, I'm putting McCarr on the ice. I don't care where, where on the ice uh, I'm starting. If it's a D zone draw, I'm putting McCarr on the ice offensively, unbelievably gifted player all around defenseman right now. And I, I, and I think, McCarr long-term in his career will be the, the better career defenseman. I, I really do. But Roman Yossi's body of work over time and what he has done for his team this year in Nashville as a leader, as a captain, this team's not in the playoffs without him. Kale McCarr, I mean, that, that team's full of superstars, which helps you get points. If, if you're, if you've got a guy and you can feed Ranton and McKinnon and Landis guy, you sure get more points. So I've got McCarr as a close second, but I've got Roman Yossi as the Norse trophy winner. Now, are uh, we predicting, are we giving, like, is this a prediction or is this what, what we think? Because I, I think Makar is probably going to win the award for what, all the reasons Craig said, because he's popular. It's just what we think. It's I mean, what okay. we think. Okay. So, yeah. So I also have Yossi and I, in a similar sense, because he was on a not as talented team. He, so he was like, he was the MVP of Nashville. And that kind of goes back to that conversation that we debated last month or whenever that was. It's what qualifies someone what qualifies the Norris like is it the best defensive player the best offensive defenseman but just for me with he's leading in points first in assists second in goals on Nashville which isn't as stacked as Colorado um so I have Roman Yossi written down for this one but I also have Makar's name written there because I think it's going to be between the two of them like you both said 
Um, and let's so let's look at what we all picked for those first three awards oh, on no. episode twenty six. No. So we'll just we'll go backwards. So for this award for Norris, um, Craig and PDU both said Makar. So there's still a shot there. Um, you were on to something. I said Adam Fox. I think I was getting a little carried away from him winning it last year, but I think he'll be top five. I do. Yeah. yeah so not so out of the conversation. Um, for Vesna, Craig and PD both said Kemper. I said Hel- Heliwuk. So, you know, not his year. Kemper, nope. Craig, you said is probably also going to be in the. He'll probably be in the top, top. five. I, I I think he could even be a finalist if you look inside the numbers and what he's done. But there's no way any of us had even Shesterkin on our nope. radar. Nope. Like there's nope. no chance. So we missed. That's it. why predictions are so silly, right? right? Yep. All predictions are just silly. Let's let's just get that out there. And yet we do them anyway because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and for heart, we all just said Matthews of what we said at the beginning. Craig said McDavid. I said McKinnon and Petey. Wait, I didn't say anything. Never mind. What's Petey up for MVP? Mark Stone. Wow. Wow. Jumping on the Vegas Golden Knights bandwagon early. <laughs> thinking Did they were going to roll with that payroll and they were going to be a team to reckon with in the cup finals. But whoops. Did not pay off it did not for you. That way. And nope. Maybe it's good that we didn't put any money on these picks at the beginning of the year on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because I don't think it would have worked out for us. But player futures and player awards is something you can bet on. Right now you can already bet on the Con Smythe winner, um, which is insane. So do that. Bet on the playoff games. It makes watching hockey so much more fun, especially since the Coyotes aren't in. So if you don't have a rooting interest, make yourself have a rooting interest by betting on the games. And also the NBA playoffs are happening right now. I went to the Suns game last night. It was amazing. It was such a good game. And it was really funny because everyone was like there's a sports book in the arena. So people were holding their betting slips. Um, but it's just it's funny how you know now it's right on your phone. So the DraftKings Sportsbook app should be the betting app that's right on your phone. And this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. If they do, you can also turn a small bet into a big payday with same game parlays. And right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to 20 if one leg doesn't hit. So be sure to use that promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. NBA rant. I can't wait till this round ends so the real NBA playoffs will actually start we can get through the qualifying rounds. Wow. It's, is there not as much parody as there in hockey, Craig? Is that no what you're saying? In the NBA almost ever. It's it's such pseudo drama. Oh my God, do you think this team could pull off an upset? Once in a blue moon, an upset happens, those teams don't win the NBA title. You know what's gonna happen this year in the conference finals? They're gonna have the number one and number two seed playing each other in each conference final. Because that's the way the NBA works. It's not true that your team has a chance to win the NBA title if it's not at like a top three seed in its conference. It's not true. Don't believe it. Don't believe the hype. It's all pseudo drama. The NBA playoffs every year, it's only a handful of teams that have a chance to win the title. And when we finally get to the Suns against Golden State 
and Milwaukee against Miami will finally have the real NBA playoffs starting and find out who who the real champion is. Craig Rant over. <laughs> not, a, not necessarily a of the game. It's a reality of numbers, right? You've got five guys on the floor, so one, two, three guys can impact the game far more than they can in any other sport. So you know who the best teams are. You know who's going to get there because you know who has the best players. Craig Rand's not over yet. <laughs> no, I agree with that, Craig. There is less parody, and that's why the NHL playoffs, to me, are more fun yep. to watch. But as a Suns fan, it is fun to watch the NBA oh, playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm paying attention to the Suns, but I'm really going to dial it in when they get to the, the conference final and, and hopefully the NBA finals. That's that's when the real playoffs begin in the NBA, and it, it, I, I'm hoping that the Suns get it. This this franchise deserves an NBA title. They've been so close. They other than that horrid ten year stretch that they had, they've been such a good franchise for so long. They deserve it. It's time. It's time for the Suns to win an NBA title. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Diving back into our NHL predictions. This is the award that is we talked about before we started recording that Petey and I at least don't know how to qualify <laughs> this one. So we'll just let Craig give his two cents wow. uh, on the Selkie Trophy best defensive forward. Craig, how do you vote on that? Like, what, what, what do you consider? I mean, as a voter, what what do you look at when you're voting for this? Well, it's interesting how this trophy has evolved. For a while, it was just looking at defensive prowess. But now it's like, what do you contribute offensively? Because the best defense is a good offense. And so you look at you look at whatever metrics are out there that, you know, try to measure possession. We, we don't have accurate measures yet. We have statistics that correlate to possession like Corsi of course which everybody can laugh at these days because it's it's a bit antiquated but shot shares goal shares expected goals and then you can look at things like shot suppression you can look at um face-off percentage all these things even face-off percentage bugs me because as Petey knows a face-off percentage isn't always about what the center is doing it's what no, happens it's right after the puck. yeah it's a team stat it really is you got to have your teammates in there to to make sure you've won the draw and I would say that Patrice Bergeron benefits from having Brad Marchand <laughs> alongside of him as, as much as anybody. But those are some of the things you look at. I'll get to my greater point here on Selkie. Very much like the Lady Bing Trophy, which I had to vote on, which is the dumbest award that we vote on most gentlemanly. I'm not on the ice. I don't know who's the most gentlemanly. You know who should vote on most gentlemanly? Game officials. Those are the people that know who the most gentlemanly person on the ice is. I don't know why we keep voting on this. And what do we base it on? Penalty minutes. That's like basically it. That's what everybody's looking at. And if you're a defenseman with a low penalty total, hey, you must be gentlemanly. Either that or you're soft. I don't know which it is, but that's that's it's a stupid award. And I feel like the Selkie Trophy should be selected by somebody else, somebody inside the game as well. I often feel like in in, in these ballots... Writers, broadcasters discount players' opinions too much. It's like, oh, well, I can look at my stats, you know, that they're the, the eyeball test, you know, you know the criticism of the eyeball test. Players' perspectives really matter on, on awards like this, who the best defensive forward is. I think they should vote on this award. But I don't see this changing anytime soon. We've been having these same rants for like 10, 15 years, and I'm still voting on awards like the Selkie and the Lady Bing 
which is a silly award, period. But so in light of that, in, in light of the stats this year, I thought he was in decline, but my God, Patrice Bergeron had a dominant defensive season. I think they should just change the name of the trophy when he retires and name it after him because he's won it so many damn times and he's been a finalist like every year he's in the league. Patrice Bergeron is going to win this award. Other guys in consideration, Alexander Barkov with the Panthers, Anthony Sorelli with Tampa Bay, Michael Backlund with Calgary, and Anshay Kopitar with the LA Kings, who has won this award himself and has, has had a really good season again. Another rant over. No, but yeah, and here, here's exactly what you said. This this award is almost impossible to to vote on. It, it really is. Like the 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 depth of video study and team watching you would have to do to decide who's the best defensive forward. I mean, I guess you got to watch what what teams put out. Uh, you know, what lines teams put out against Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. And guess what? Yes. It's not going to be a top six forward. Rarely will it be a top three. You're looking at a third line grinder that should be the the best defensive forward in the year uh, of the season. I'm going to go with Craig. It's going to be Patrice Bergeron again. It becomes a popularity contest. I don't know. Like, it, do I want Patrice Bergeron on the ice against those guys? Hundred yeah. percent. Like he's he is one of the smartest players in all three zones on the ice. His stick placement is great. His pursuit of the puck is outstanding. But I honestly don't know if he's the best defensive forward in the National Hockey League. I I don't know. Like we I, don't know I, how it's measured, Petey. Right? Right. Like offense matters now, apparently too, with the Selkie and and that right. you mentioned quality of competition. That is another stat that you can measure. But yeah, it's, it's. I mean, we don't even have a fixed definition of this trophy. Yeah. So this one's hard. I'll give it to Priest Bergeron just because he's going to win it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it just because when I think about this trophy, that's what I. That's who I think about. So. I hope they do name it after him, Craig, like you said. And I agree that there should be more. They sh- they don't. They should change who votes for certain awards based on the criteria that you just said. Um, and I didn't even put Lady Bing on this list for the sake of this discussion because there's really no point. Um, <laughs> Before you no, go on to the next award, I've al- I've said this in the past too. I think we need a couple more awards too, like because because you see how the MVP voting goes. It's always a forward, almost always a forward, right? Well, then the the goal, goaltenders and uh, defensemen they have their own awards. Well, that's stupid. We're, we're talking about the most valuable player. Defensemen and goalies are on the ice more than forwards. Are you going to tell me they can't win the MVP? We need to add more awards. We need probably a, an award for the best forward so that you can open up the MVP. And I also think we need an award for the best defensive defenseman because. Pedia said this on the show. It's literally in the job definition. Yeah. Your job is to defend. And yet we always award it to the guy with the most points. Yep. Name it after Rod Langway. Name it after Doug Harvey if you want to go way back. Name it if you want to be very current. Name it after Nicholas Yalmerson. But let's have an award that looks at guys that specialize in a really important area of the game, whether it's shot blocking, shot suppression, play in front of the net. Those three guys that I just mentioned were just elite at it. And those guys are valuable. I'd like to see that side of the game awarded a little bit. All right. Add it to the list of things that we'll (laughs) put it on your next meeting with Gary. Add it to the list. That agenda is getting really long. It the really Craig is. Gary meeting Dear Gary. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more from you, Craig. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next award, the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. This one was a hard pick for me. 
Uh, I don't want to start. I don't want to start. This one to me is, is diff- it's difficult because there's three guys that I think um, merit the award and they're in three different categories and they're three different types of players. You've got the, the big two, a Maritz Sider defenseman out of Detroit, played in all the situations we talked about, played in more than 23 minutes a game, played top minutes against top players, still had the ability to get points, big on their power play, helped drive the bus for Detroit and he will get them through the, the rebuild that they're currently on. But as Craig mentioned earlier, he's a defenseman. Rarely get attention for this award. McCarr wins it. I get it. It happens. Trevor Zegris, statistically, man, I, I can't argue with his offensive upside with Trevor Zegris. Like he is an incredibly skilled player. His points as a rookie were great on a bad team. And then the guy that leads all rookies in points, Michael Bunting, who who's being criticized for his his age at twenty five. So I'm still, I'm, I'm torn. Like it's, it's hard because of the three different categories. I think it's Maurice Sider. So I'm going to go with him as the Calder. He was the best player in his first year because of the role that he had to play for his team. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bunting's 26, by the way, and people are pointing that out. Uh, Thank you. And... I don't think that discounts him because the rules say it doesn't discount him. So it's it's as simple as that. I don't care what you think about age. That's not within the parameters of the rules. So stop adding it because you don't have the right to do that as a voter. And it drives me crazy when people change the rules to fit their own narrative. You don't get to do that. You have to vote within the parameters of the award, period. No discussion beyond that. Having said that, Moritz Sider, if you look you know, at his role, he, he's playing top pair minutes, top matchup minutes. He played 23 minutes a game for Detroit. Michael Bunting played 15. I love Michael Bunting's season. Michael Bunting should be a finals without question, but this is Moritz Sider's award, and I have Trevor Zegers a distant third to those two guys. Moritz Sider wow, has Craig, to be. agreed? Yeah. Wow. I will say this. We will go back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I did about six months ago put a few bucks on uh, Trevor Zegers to win this award. So The NHL would love to see that, wouldn't they? Yes, they would. Well, so would would I, apparently. So for those reasons, for those reasons, I I actually put – so the the three guys in discussion right now, I think those will be the three finalists. But I actually put Trevor Zegers down, and I know he's not leading any of the point categories. He's second in points. Um, tied for second in goals, third in assists. But just if I'm going to go on this stat, defenseman, a defenseman or a goalie has only won the Calder four times in the last 16 seasons. I don't know. And Trevor Zegers is the the star child of the NHL. And I know the NHL is not voting. I know it's the writers and the broadcasters. But just to to make the discussion a little bit different, I have – Trevor Zegers, I'm sure you both are probably right. You know more than I, but... No, you might be right, too. It just depends on what they're looking for out of the award. And and I think the league would sure like to see Trevor Zegers. I agree with Craig on that. So you might be right, Leah. But what I personally would like to see is Michael Bunting because I want to see everybody freak out. I want to see for the second year in a row an older player win and have everything burned down. And also Michael Bunting, product of Tucson Roadrunners and his stop in Arizona. So I like that narrative too, but don't know if it'll happen. Um, Let's see what we all picked for Calder back in October or whenever that was. Craig, NPD, Cole Caulfield. Oops. (laughs) 
Kokovia had a good season. He had, he had a good season. If he could have put up those numbers for an entire two-game season, he'd been there. Yeah, yeah. He was he was pretty good. Well, it's okay because I had Spencer Knight, so I you know. It's fine. <laughs> At least I was going off the board from you both then. Um, okay, let's move on to the Jack Adams Award. I just mentioned one other guy before yes, we move on. And, absolutely. And he mentioned him recently. Imagine if Matt Boldy had played more games. Yeah. He, uh, in terms of points per game, he's your leader, 0.83. He's the top rookie in points per game, but he only played 47 games. If he plays, whew, if he plays 10 more games, man, is he in this conversation? Or 15 more games? He, he would have a, a good argument, at least to be a finalist. Yep. And if you play the entire season, he might have won the damn award. Yeah, that's insane. It's a, we're crazy to think what if for a lot of these. Um, okay, Jack Adams, coach of the year. Who wants to start? Well, Andre Turnier for the <laughs> job he had to do with the players he had to deal with, the injuries he had to deal with, the arena discussions, probably won't make the ballot. But I tell you what, he should be an honorable mention for the job he did with, with what he was given. In all seriousness, though, I'm going to go to Calgary on this one. Uh, um. Daryl Sutter. That's what I wrote down. But but we got to look at what 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 the expectations. This award goes to not who does the best, the team that does the best, or gets the president's trophy. It's the guy that was supposed to be the worst. Yes, that ends up being the best. Um, and and you know what, Todd McClellan's got to go in that too. None of us, nobody had LA in the playoffs, and yet here they are. So Todd McClellan would be on the list. Um, Daryl Daryl is the winner for me, and I think he runs away with it on the 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 list i got andrew burnett too just because he had to take over a sinking ship behind quinville but <laughs> i give the award to daryl sutter because i i don't think people had this team winning the pacific and being as dominating they are across the league yeah no doubt uh, i i'm agree agreeing with you again pd i gave it to daryl sutter calgary oh, this is a, first. What a great show an important uh important season for Calgary to get this thing turned around and if you remember when they brought daryl sutter in when brad Trilliving bought brought Dallas Slatter in to coach this team. People are like, what? You brought this guy off the farm. He's done. There's no way this is going to work. Those players, players don't respond to Daryl Sutter anymore. And lo and behold, here are the Calgary Flames playing Stanley Cup caliber hockey. The way they play is exactly how you succeed in the playoffs. He has got them to buy in defensively. They're a just a really brutal team to play against. They're getting great goaltending. They have balance scoring. We've talked about all these things. He's my winner. Not to be ignored, you mentioned Andrew Burnett, who had a 720 points percentage once he took over for Joel Quenville seven games into the season. He's got to be on the list. Gerard Gallant with the New York Rangers. You want to talk about a guy whose team wasn't expected to take this kind of leap. The Rangers are supposed to be better, but people are like, will they be a playoff bubble team this year? Well, they were contending for the top spot in the NHL this season, so he's got to be on the list for getting that all put together. And how has this guy been let go by two different teams, by the way, <laughs> by Florida and Vegas? It's it's unbelievable what he does wherever he goes. It's crazy that Gerard Gallant, maybe he just has a shelf life. I don't know, but he does a terrific job. Two other guys that I have on the list, John Hines with Nashville, because I had Nashville right near the bottom of the NHL standings this year. And wow, what a turnaround, unexpected for them. And again, Dean Evison with Minnesota because they've had a terrific season. 
I also wrote down Daryl Sutter, and not only did Calgary win the division, they finished with the sixth best record in the NHL. And looking back at our conversations before the season started, Calgary was one of those teams for it was like, oh, they'll probably be the maybe the last team to get in for the Pacific or the wild card team or not even in it at all. So in terms of that, um, where we didn't expect them to finish and where they did, I also have Daryl Sutter as coach of the year. And let's see what we all said at the beginning of the year. Craig said Quenville, which you couldn't have anticipated what was to come, but I think you were on to something with that pick at the beginning of the season. Um, I said Barry Trotz. I just, what was I doing? I mean, not what was I doing? What were the Islanders doing this year? Leah, I went, I went today as we did this, and I went to other outlets picks preseason. There were plenty of national regarded media outlets that had the New York Islanders in the Stanley cup. Final. I have the, I had them winning the whole thing. So, so. don't feel bad. <laughs> that schedule killed them. The schedule killed them. Yeah. yeah, that early um, schedule they were behind should, the eight ball uh, early. That should give you uh, some sense of what might be coming for the Arizona Coyotes next season when they oh god probably start the season on the road. Yes, and PD had Everson, so that's a solid pick. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. feel bad about that pick. I think yeah. he's done a great job there. I really do. Yep. Um, do we want to do GM of the year, or is that a regular season award, or no? It, it comes a little later. I, I haven't even thought about it, to be honest enough. And I, I it's funny with GM of the year. It, it's often like the moves that you made the previous year that get you the win for GM of the year. Um, maybe we can add that somewhere else. I haven't done a, a lot of research on it yet. Yeah. So I don't know that, that I'd be comfortable just going off the cuff. and, and We can table that. I mean, I know a lot of people are thinking Kyle Dubas. I, I don't know if he's going to win it. Uh Yeah. I'm With sure everyone would be thrilled to see Kyle Dubas. <laughs> anyway. We all said uh, Sack- Sackick before, at the beginning of the year, by the way. So okay. we'll see. It. Yeah, we have five shows a week in the offseason, so we can talk about it yeah. down the road. But those are our picks for the NHL awards. We will follow up with how we did in the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, and how the awards actually shake out when we get there. So still, still got the whole postseason to get through. I can't wait for tonight's games. I actually didn't get to watch any of the games last night. Like I said, I went to the Suns game, but I'm very looking forward tonight to have hockey on multiple TVs at once, because that is the best part for me of watching the NHL playoffs. I'm excited. Anything else before we head out, Craig, what do you have coming up on gophnext.com? I don't know yet. Ooh, a surprise. <laughs> nice to say that. I mean, we're obviously going to be previewing the NHL draft lottery, which is a week from today. So I'll have some stories on that. But good Lord. The rest of this week, you know, I just thought I'd uh, maybe smoke a couple cigars and uh, <laughs> watch the playoffs. You deserve it, Craig. I got a couple things I'm working on, but I don't want to put those out there yet. One thing before we go, we also had to turn in our ballots for the Master Tin. Oh, and yes. I said this before. In past years, it, we're, we're required to nominate someone from the team. And in past years, there have been times where I was like, eh, there's no one that fits the bill. So I almost think it's silly that chapter should have to put a nominee up every year. But it is what it is. This year, and going through all the cases, I really feel like the Coyotes' Andrew Ladd has the best case to win the Masterton. I don't know if he's going to. Leah, you mentioned earlier that the Coyotes tend to get ignored. 
And so that may happen again when there's a, you know, when there are other people in the conversation for the, the uh, Masterton trophy, like Kevin Hayes in a big market, like Philadelphia or Alex Kalorn in Tampa Bay. But when you look at the totality of Andrew Ladd's case, toiling in the minors or even out of hockey for three years, working with a mental skills coach was basically Andrew Ladd was getting therapy to, to help get his mind right. He was working with Adam Oates off the ice to get his game right after two knee surgeries where he couldn't even do some things with his knee. Uh, Adam Oates had to retrain him how to skate. And he he toiled for three years just trying to get to a thousand games, just trying to get back to the NHL. And while he's doing that, he changes his entire outlook from, from what he called his general demeanor as resting bitch face to a guy who looks at things positively and finds finds the good in life. He starts this incredible charity, 1616, to help kids master the mental and physical skills as well. So he's giving back to the game. He's giving back to kids, to the future of hockey. I mean, what more do you need to do to win this award than what Andrew Ladd has done over the past few seasons? He, to me, should be the winner. I'm not saying he's going to, but he gets my vote. That was a great pitch. Craig Grant. Number three. Yeah, oh, Craig's really had a lot. <laughs> wow. This is what a well-rested Craig Morgan does. It's not driving all day. This is what you get from him. Wind him up and let him go. Uh, let's oh, see. How many yeah. days has it been? It's uh, one, two, three days since I've driven to Glendale. Wow. <laughs> and it's showing, Craig. We'll keep the count. Oh, my gosh. Well, Craig's written some amazing stuff on Andrew Ladd already um, on gophnx.com. And if you want to read that, if you want to read all of the draft lottery previews coming up, you can do so at gophnx.com. Become a member to access that content. I've said also we are going to have video breakdowns of NHL prospects coming up in the coming weeks. And those will be on gophnx.com for members. So become a member today. Get a shirt when you sign up. Or get your first month just 50 cents if you want to try it out month to month. You can join our members only Discord. And also, today's the last day, I believe, or maybe it's tomorrow, to join our Stanley Cup playoff bracket pool. So the link is in the Discord and it's on Twitter as well. So join us for some competition. The winner actually does get something in our pool. Uh, more to come on that, but it's going to be fun. So we'll, we'll see how everyone does. Uh, based on my preseason picks and how last night went, I'm not feeling so confident. But you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and we'll see how it all goes. Um, and I won't mismanage it like I mismanaged my fantasy hockey team, which I'm still sad about. Hockey left, Leah, don't don't want to talk about. I know. We'll be back tomorrow at 11.30 for our live show. We have Tim Bernhardt coming into the studio. That's actually going to be back at 11. Sorry to keep changing things on you. This okay. is like, wow, this has changed three times already, Craig. It's back to 11 because my schedule has changed yet again. So 11 a.m. with the Okay. Wait, we work Craig. on Craig's schedule? Yeah. Huh? That's how this works? Yeah. This, we work this, on uh, your schedule? You haven't, you haven't been clued into this by now? Jesus. Yeah, I kind of knew you were the diva of this group. I got it. <laughs> so sorry. Don't forget your Pellegrino and Nutter Butters tomorrow, Craig. Oh, that's right. Oh, Lord. You want a Pellegrino? Leah, I can bring you a Pellegrino. PD doesn't drink Pellegrino. He, he drinks Perrier. I, I drink whatever I got. Like I, I, Walmart I of sparkling waters, Perrier. I am. I am. not going to lie. Do I have to actually go back down to the studio again? I'm not parking in the garage. Yeah, just a no. careful parking, Petey. I'm not going to park in the garage. She's got that look on her face like, when are you two going to stop talking? 
I know. I got to go. She's like, okay, I'm done. We got to do it tomorrow. We, whatever we missed today, we will clearly talk about tomorrow. Yes. So 11 a.m. to clarify, 11 a.m. tomorrow with Tim Bernhardt in the studio um, talking about scouting and prospects and all of those good things. So we're really looking forward to that one. Follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes where our schedule is and I will update it since Craig has changed the time once again. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube and follow PHNX Sports across social platforms. A lot of fun stuff going on with the NBA playoffs and D-backs and everything else. So we'll be back tomorrow. And until then, have a good day, everyone.